1: We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let us pray together this morning. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we declare our love to you. We thank you for this season. What a wonderful season. A time to get closer to you. What can be better than that? So, Lord, I pray that Your heart, the heart of Messiah, will come out in the teaching today, because you have great things to tell us, and we need to be encouraged in this season, even though there are a lot of difficult things going around us in the political realm and and in the world, but you are faithful, and we bless your holy name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, last week we talked about Yom Kippur, and I didn't get to finish a couple things. So I'd like to finish it right now. I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about some of the Jewish traditions, which are so much like what you would find in the New Covenant. And we talked about the different kinds of confessions that are done in services. And by the way, I hope some of you uh, enjoyed and 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 came to our Yom Kippur service, but um, let me just mention a couple other things here. It's interesting that when we are confessing in our services at Yom Kippur, we don't specifically address ritual types of sins. What I mean by that is there is no um, confession for the sin we have sinned before you by eating pork <laughs> or by working on the Sabbath. So those, those are not the types of sins that are, are talked about uh, and confessed. The vast majority of sins enumerated involve mistreating of other people. So there you go right? The first commandment and the second commandment, right? And w- this kind of mistreatment is, is confessed by speech, you know, if we have offensive speech, scoffing, slandering, talebearing swearing falsely, just to name a few, and there is a long list of them. Uh, these all come into a category in Judaism known as Lashon Hara. And what that translates into is the evil tongue which is considered an extremely serious sin in Judaism and i thought i'd mention that because it lines up so beautifully with the book of james right and the use of the tongue and what a, a terrible sin it is when we speak poorly of others uh, you know god says in 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 the book of james that we speak Well, and we speak poorly, it it comes from the same fountain, and it shouldn't be that way. We should only be speaking words of blessing and encouragement. I just thought that would be a good way to end our discussion on Yom Kippur. But you know what? We are in Sukkot. Uh, this This week is the beginning of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. And we will build one, a, a large, large booth in front of our synagogue. In fact, uh, we are building it. Uh, well, I think we already built it, actually. So come by tonight with your children or grandchildren and help us decorate it. We love the kids to decorate these booths. We, you bring palm branches and uh, plastic or paper fruits and other festive decorations. And they the kids put them up, and we fellowship, and we eat out there, and uh, we bring in some pizza. Yeah, so join us. It begins at 530 this evening. Our address, if you want to join us, is 4320 Bay-to-Bay Boulevard. We're in South Tampa. And uh, we'd love to see you, love to meet you, love to meet your kids. We love kids. <laughs> you can check out anything else about us on our website, shoreshdavid.org. That's S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. We love visitors. And bring Jewish friends, of course. So Sukkot has like four or five different names. It Besides Sukkot, which means booth, It also, there's a, uh, one of the names is Chag Asif, which is the Feast of Ingathering. And remember, I told you, God's going to come and gather us together. Or Chag Hasukot, the Festival of Booths, which is all about our dependency on God because we build this temporary uh, uh, dwelling and and we dwell there. Or, Or it's called the Festival, Hechag. And that's important, as we'll read some scriptures about the festival later on. Chag Hashem, the festival of the Lord. Or Zaman Simchatenu, the time of our rejoicing. Look, Sukkot is all about rejoicing. And I understand that my Jewish people don't realize that Yeshua is going to bring us all to him. And and so they're rejoicing. But we're rejoicing greater because we know Yeshua. Amen? Amen. Okay. Leviticus 23:34. Speak to the children of Israel saying, "The 15th day of the 7th month shall be the feast of tabernacles." For seven days to the Lord, on the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It's a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. So, to summarize what I just said, the first day have services. And so we are, in a sense, getting together this evening for for a service. It's a fellowship time where we're going to honor the Lord. And the next day, Monday, which is the first day, actually, don't do any work. Then seven days we should make offerings. In this case, they say by fire, but, but certainly offerings to the Lord. And on the eighth day, Have a holy convocation again, another service, and another more offering by fire, and no work. So this gives you an opportunity the next two Sundays, tonight and the following Sunday, to come to our services. And we are going to have a great time. Well, let's read a little bit more about Sukkot. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Oh, I'm sorry to be giving you that guilt trip again, but here it is in Scripture again. You should do this forever, in all your generations. Okay. Um, you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I'm the Lord your God, Some. Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So what is saying is that you build these temporary dwellings, you live there for seven days, uh, especially native-born Israel, uh, Israelis, who, and and that's a declaration of who God is and that we depended on Him in the desert. He brought us out of Egypt, and and we decorate them with, as I said, um, beautiful branches and. Uh, leafy trees and willows of the brook. It's a statute forever. And the way this is built, the roof has to have openings. This is a traditional thing so that you can see the stars. And also remember that this is a temporary Uh, dwelling, which means that we have to rely on God for our real covering, right? (laughs) Sukkot is another holy day where you connect the dots between the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant. Remember, as I read the scripture, that the word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. Okay. Isaiah 12, two, you've heard me read it before. Behold, God is my salvation, my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song. He also has become my Yeshua, my salvation. Then verse 3, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, from the wells of Yeshua. So remember that. Now, if remember I told you that one of the names of this sukkot is just called the feast in John yes new covenant John 7:37 it says on the last day the great day of the feast this is sukkot it's referring to sukkot yeshua right Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, you take that scripture and the last one from Isaiah 12.3, Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And all of a sudden you see the connection between Yeshua saying, Come, whoever's thirsty, and drink. It even gets better than that. During the Feast of Sukkot in the first century, the Jewish people took part in a water-drawing ceremony on the last day of the feast. They'd go down to the Pool of Siloam, draw water, water and bring it to the temple mount and there they would uh pour water and 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 recite it and say with joy you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation so that this was the most joyful thing uh, in the entire year, this processional they had. So you can Im- only imagine the scene at the time when Yeshua appears and it's likely in the middle of the ceremony where everybody has great joy in thinking of the water, drawing water from the wells of salvation. And he says to me, as to, to all of us, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. How prophetic is this all. Amazing. Exodus 23 15 describes Sukkot as one of the pilgrimage holy days, which calls the men to Jerusalem to worship. Three times a year they're supposed to go to Jerusalem, and Sukkot is one of these. Now let's look at some of the prophetic things about Sukkot. Zechariah 14 16 describes the time after the Great War you know, where all the nations come against Israel, and it says this, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. You and I are going to be keeping Sukkot, if we're still alive. (laughs) Uh, You know, we are going to keep Sukkot. All the world will be keeping Sukkot. In these final days. Secondly, the final Sukkot is recorded in Revelation 21, 1 through 6. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men. He shall tabernacle among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. No, no wonder we're rejoicing, right? No, Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. And the one seated upon the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Then he said, "Write for these words are, are, I'm sorry, right for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it's done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will freely give from the spring of the water of life. Don't you just love how the scriptures intertwine with each other? I mean, it's got to make you excited, I would think. Look, Sukkot was always known as the holy day that commemorates God dwelling with his people. How fitting for the kingdom of God when it fully comes to the redeemed earth to be considered the ultimate fulfillment of this holy day. God himself will finally dwell with his people in all his fullness. The sukkah of God will be among men when Messiah Yeshua dwells as the ruler of the thousand-year messianic kingdom. Amen? Am I hearing screaming out there in radio land? I hope so. (laughs) Remember, if any man thirsts, let him come to Yeshua and drink. Certainly a reason for great joy. Now, consider a couple other thoughts about Sukkot. I'm not going to be dogmatic about it, and don't get mad at me. I'm just putting this out. If you'd like to look into it or think about it, it's great. I believe it is possible that Yeshua was born during Sukkot. There was no room in the inn for Yeshua because it was at one of the pilgrimage holy days. All the rooms were taken up in Jerusalem. And that's why he was born, well, I've heard in a manger, but what if he was born in a sukkah, a temporary dwelling? It was the only thing available. And it says, if the shepherds were tending their flock by night that evening, Oh, I hope they weren't doing that in December in Jerusalem. It's freezing. It's much more likely that it would have been in October or September. and. That would make the conception of Yeshua at Hanukkah time an interesting thought to ponder. Yeshua being conceived at the time of the festival of lights and the festival of dedication? Well, give it some thought. <laughs> oh, my. Some traditions, both in Jewish community as well as the Messianic community, is to have an each evening— of the Feast of Sukkot, a service using a lulav and etrog. So the lulav is a palm branch uh, along with myrtle and willow, and they're combined into one. And then there's the etrog, which is a citron fruit. And they are wrapped together in order to be handheld for waving in every direction, symbolizing the harvest And God's omnipresence over his world. So we actually shake this lulav branch and we wave it three times high in the air, three times low, three times to each side, just symbolizing that it is God. It is all God. It is also taught that each of these species parts of the love represents a different kind of person. Now, here we go into tradition, and this is a Jewish tradition. It's interesting. Um, so, this, the etrog, which tastes sweet and has a delightful aroma, represents a person with knowledge of the Torah and good deeds. The lulav which comes from a date-palm has a fruit that tastes sweet yet has no fragrance hence some people have knowledge but no good deeds the myrtle is just the opposite having a nice fragrance yet no taste which represents good deeds without true knowledge And the willow, since it possesses neither taste nor smell, represents the person who lacks both knowledge and deeds. Though this doesn't seem to have any real purpose in explaining this, um, for us, perhaps, this can serve as a reminder that faith without works is dead. Uh, Look, the important things are these. Remember, as we finish talking about these fall appointed times that they are a picture for us to think about remember when i talked about the the applying the principles of god's fall appointed times the r's in russia shana we reflect about our relationship with god and our relationship with others We recognize our sins. We repent. Yom Kippur, we receive God's grace and mercy because he saved us and redeemed us. In Sukkot, we are reconciled to God, so we rejoice and we remember and we retell. And when we do all of those things, we are renewed, refreshed, and revived. Are you ready? Well, there's still time, right? (laughs) So I'm asking you if you would like that sheet that describes these Rs and is is a great summary of the full appointed times. Feel free to call Karen uh at 813 Remember that Rosh Hashanah symbolizes the shofar blast that we hear about. Uh, in the New Covenant, which which is, is signaling the Lord's return. Remember that Yom Kippur is that final moment in time to accept Yeshua, the final atonement for your sins. And finally, Sukkot is when God gathers up his people to the tabernacle with them. Do you have a burden for Jewish people? I hope that what I've talked about today and the past few weeks has given you a burden. Go to them and ask them about this. Most Jewish people don't have a clue about why Rosh Hashanah, why Yom Kippur, why Sukkot. Engage them in discussion and let them know that the only way their sins will truly be redeemed or atoned for will be when they accept Yeshua, the Messiah. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to start a whole new direction next week, so definitely come back. Come tonight with your children and grandchildren. Help us decorate the Sukkot. A lot of fun. We'll serve you some pizza, right? 5.30 this evening. Uh, our address: forty-three twenty Bay to Bay Boulevard in Tampa. Three three six two nine. This is a wonderful time to give extra financial support, as all throughout Scripture, whenever there's an appointed time, God says to give offerings and more offerings, and so. Uh, we would uh, we would humbly receive that if you'd like to do that. You can either do that through our website, heartofmessiah.org, and hit the um, button on Donate. Or you can call Karen, and she'll help you do it at 813-831-5673. So... Next Sunday, don't forget, we have a great service again that you can come to, Simcha Torah, the eighth-day service. Uh, we'd love to see you and your Jewish friends. Well, may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of his Messiah. Let us close with a word of prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh. And not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah, so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King.
0: You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.